uh, Brother Munez, I want to see you. Michael, I want to see you after church, okay? Mm-hmm. Uh, let's go. The Lord God has given me the tongue of the learned that I should know how to speak a word in season to him who is weary. He awakens me morning by morning. He awakens my ear to hear as the learned. The Lord God has opened my ear, and I was not rebellious, nor did I turn away. Amen. We just got through uh, Christmas, wonderful time. I hope you ate good. It's time to take it out after a while. <laughs> uh, but my message today is titled, I broke away from my, the word. Uh, but this time, because of Christmas, I wanted to bring this word. I titled, The Hope That Christmas Brings. To, to our life. When we think about Christmas, what Christmas has done for us. The first thing I want to address is man's place in creation. Man's place in creation. Let me submit to you that mankind is the reason for creation. Think about it. Everything that you see in the universe by creation, God was before creation, but man was God's reason for creation. Everything that you see, and I'm going to show you from Scripture, the whole earth, the universe, the way God created it, really God's mind was for man. That's the only thing. You can read in the scriptures, I believe it's Proverbs 8, where Jesus was saying, he rejoiced in everything, but his greatest joy was with the Son of Man. The whole creation. God was happy about the creation. Look at everything, how beautiful, and all of that. But his heart, according to the word of God, he spoke as wisdom. Proverbs chapter 8. But when you read formula, he says his delight was with the sons of men. Nothing meant anything to God except mankind. And man is the reason for God's creation. God's desire for a family of people that have his image and his likeness. That's the reason for creation. God wanted a family. People that looked like him. The angels don't look like him. They were not made in his image. They're great beings, but they were not made in his image. We were created in his image. And God wanted us to be on the earth, here in heaven, and man to have control over the earth, the Bible tells us, and over the universe with our Father in heaven. It says in Genesis chapter 1 verse 26, God said, let us make man in our image. If we are in his image, then we are just like him, according to our likeness. There can't be a subtraction there, right? We look just like him, 
We have the things that he has, his abilities. That was how he created Adam. You as a man. And I'm going to show you from scriptures. That's the reason. You may think lightly of yourself. That's your business. But in God's mind, you are the reason for everything. And if you get a hold of that, you will think about yourself differently. And begin to act in a different way. And be fearless in the world. Because you are that important. The way God created us. In Romans chapter 8, beginning from verse 19. This is the scripture. It says, for the earnest expectation of the creation eagerly waits for the revealing of the sons of God. Notice. He's talking about creation, not just man. Sons of God, that's you. The earnest expectation, they are waiting in expectation for the fullness of the revealing of your glory that God gave to you when you received Christ as your Lord and Savior. The creation is waiting eagerly for that time when we are totally out of the flesh and then we're revealed. The whole creation is doing that for you. That's very important. He says that you are important to God. There is a part of you that affects the universe. There is a part of you that affects the earth. What happens on the earth? Because he tells us, they are waiting. It's not yet time. There are things happening that creation doesn't want because the sons of God have not been revealed fully. Amen. For the creation was subject, subject to futility, not willingly, but because of him who subjected it in hope. When did this happen? Adam's sin caused God to put the creation in futility. Adam's one man's sin turned everything around. The whole universe, the whole creation had to pay a price because of Adam's sin. He's important. And you are. You are Adam. What happens? You remember the scripture that says, If my people who are called by my name, your prayer can cause the hurt to be healed. Healed by God. That's how important the believer is. We think, we think too little of ourselves. When you become a Christian. The whole creation is responding to what I do. To what you do. Adam, just one man, changed everything. And God allowed the creation to go into futility. 
I don't know what they were supposed to provide. I'm going to read another uh, uh, version for you. So this will explain it. But that tells me there's something about my life. The choices that I make <laughs> that affect the universe, affect the earth, and what's happening on the earth. And the earth is in trouble. The earth cannot withstand, cannot take what's going on. They want to be free. They were subject to bondage. The whole earth, because of Adam's sin, one man's sin. God subjected it in hope. Because the creation itself also will be delivered from the bondage of corruption. How did the creation become corrupt and go into bondage? One man's sin. Adam's sin put the whole creation in bondage. You see how significant you are in the scheme thing? Can you see that? You can imagine when one man is righteous and is praying to his God. What happens to creation? They are happy. Creation is, creation is happy. Because Jesus has come. He was born into the world. And they feel a little bit of freedom from the bondage. But they are waiting for the fullness of it. Creation. The whole of creation. If you read in the scriptures, they respond. Creation. Joshua spoke to the sun. Stand still. Caesar, the whole, the whole creation was against him. The stars line up. And he had pain. When Jesus was born, the star, you remember the star? Yeah, they responded. He was born into our world as a man. Because the creation, verse 21, itself also will be delivered from the bondage of corruption into the glorious liberty of the children of God. When we are delivered and free and revealed, then creation comes back alive again. Free from the bondage because of sin. See how significant sin is? What sin can do in a life, in the universe? That's why God hates it. Changes everything. You may not see it changing, but you change your family. You change your life. Sin. Put you in bondage and continues after you to keep everything in bondage. But with one righteous man, prayer can change things. From bondage of corruption into the glorious liberty of the children of God. We got liberty, they also will have liberty. Creation will have liberty. For we know that the whole creation groans and labors with bed pangs until now. 
creation, not human now. Not human. He's talking about creation. See how significant we are? Let me read another version for you. New century version. He says, everything God made is waiting with excitement. Everything God made. That includes the angels. The earth, the universe. Everything. Listen, everything God made is waiting with excitement for God to show his children's glory completely. Can you get it? Everything God created, the universe, everything is waiting for us. And you think you're nothing? Who told you that? You think your prayers cannot be answered? Who told you that? Who told you you are less than what God made you? Who told you you cannot succeed? Who told you you cannot have progress in your life? Who told you your family cannot be together in love and become great? Who told you that? When God called Abraham, he said, I will make your name great. Not Abraham, God will. The whole creation is waiting. Everything God made is waiting with excitement. They're happy for us, waiting for the revealing, and we are in depression. Does that make sense? We are daily worrying about something. So little. When all creation can respond to you. When you get connected with your God. All creation can respond to you. And you are worried about something? You guys are mighty quiet this morning. I'm yelling at you and you're quiet. (laughs) Why do you have to worry? Look at your place in the schemes of things, the way God created all things. Why should you worry? Why should you be afraid of anything? <laughs> when creation is waiting with excitement, the creation is excited for you and you are sad because you got this Big problem. Pastor, you don't understand what I'm going through. Huh? What are you talking about? Look at what God is saying. Everything God created. He's waiting with excitement for you to be fully revealed. Notice that the glory that God has given you may be fully completed. He's already there. You have some glory already. Amen? They're just waiting for the completion of it when Jesus returns. You got all this glory over your life and you're worried? You got all this glory over your life and you think, I made some mistake. 
Did that surprise God when you made the mistake? God says, I didn't know they would make such terrible mistakes. Yet, in spite of all of that, because Jesus came into our world, everything has changed for us. And the whole creation is now excited. Before they were groaning, but now they are in excitement. Waiting. Then he says, everything God made was changed to become useless. Because of Adam's sin. Not by his own wish, but because God wanted it. And because all along there was this, what is it? Hope. That everything God made will be set free from ruin to have the freedom and the glory that belong to the children of God. The earth was in ruin because of man's sin. But Jesus put away our sins. Amen? Forever he put away our sins. The word became flesh. And dwelt among us. That's mind-blowing. To think about God that created all things. Become a human being. And lived among us. He lived among us. Now. We have hope. Where we didn't have hope. Now we have hope. Ephesians 2, verse 12 says that at that time, before Jesus came, at that time, you were without Christ, being aliens from the common world of Israel. God favored Israel and they had some glory, not like we have. But through Abraham, God started working with the children of Israel. But for the rest of the world, listen to what it says. You were aliens from the commonwealth of Israel and strangers for the covenant of promise. So God began to make covenants to change things around, to bring Christ into the world because the seed of the woman must bruise the head of the serpent. And so God began to make his covenant, trying to reach us until Christ came. Strangers from the covenant of promise, having what? No hope and without what? God in the world, that's reckless. To have no God, and that was the state of the Gentiles. All Gentiles, no hope without God in the world. In other words, Satan had free reign over the Gentiles' lives. Then Jesus came. Amen? Jesus came. I read this scripture, and I always like to go to this scripture, Psalm 42, verse uh, 5. 
You know the scriptures. Why are you cast down? Oh my soul. Let me ask you. You have Christ today. You have hope today. Because Jesus came. How can you allow your soul. Because of this big problem. And in the mind of God. What kind of problem is that? Small problem. But to you it's big. Ask yourself, why I am, why are you cast down on my soul? And why are you disquieted with me? Get what in me, within me. Listen, hope in what? God. Once you got God, you have hope. No matter what's going on in your life, no matter how screwed up things have been in your life, there is still hope as long as God is in your life. There is still hope. That's why Jesus came. And the whole universe, the whole creation is watching how you respond. When we respond positively to God, loving Him, creation is happy. Because what that tells them, we're going to be free. We are going to be free. Your life matters to God. What you say and what you believe from the word matters to him. And not only God, it matters to all things that everything that God created. The angels are paying attention to what's going on in your life. Amen. Because they are waiting for your revealing. I I read it by John the Baptist. He says he was in the wilderness. Until the day of his revealing to Israel. Amen. There is a day of revealing coming. And the earth cannot, the universe cannot wait. Everything that God created. My point today is I want you to understand who you are in the mind of God with regards to all creation. And how the prayer of a righteous person avails much and can change a lot of things, can change a whole nation. Why? Because we are righteous for God again. The angel cannot wait for the completion of it. The angels cannot wait. The whole creation cannot wait. The Bible says the angels even want to look into this matter. This is, this is mind-blowing for angels. What we are experiencing is mind-blowing for angels. They don't understand it. They said the Bible tells us in the New Testament, they even want to look into this matter. Because they're kidding. And you think you're nothing? You think you can't make progress? You think God cannot bless you? You cannot have things to take care of yourself and your family? God is able. Amen? Can I say it again? God is able to meet every need that you have. Why? Not because of you, but because of his plan. God's plan will succeed regardless. Nobody's going to stop him. Today we are children of the living God. We are no longer without God. 
in the world. Hoping God for Ayat prison for the health. That word health, help also can be rendered health of my countenance. He doesn't have to wake up dragging in the morning. I am sad. I just got this letter from the mayor. Now my life is over. Uh uh-uh. uh. Not if you got God. Amen. Do you have mouth to pray? Everybody, the Bible is very clear. God answers prayers. Ask and it shall be given to you. Seek you will find. Knock the door will be open. For everyone who asks what? Receives. But there has to be some perseverance. Because God's not bringing the answer the way you like it. He does this in his own way. For more glory to his name and glory for your life as well. As the, according to what the scripture says. Christmas restored our hope in God. Listen to what Peter says. First Peter 1, 3. Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ according to his abundant mercy. Let me say this. When you're going through something that you don't understand, doesn't make sense. You don't know if you've done something wrong or something right. But you, you know what to call out for? Mercy. Abundant. Listen. Abundant mercy. When you cry out to God for mercy and you humble yourself, the answer is on his way. Because God has abundance of it. Abundance of mercy. And once God has, when the mercy comes upon you, things change instantly. Things begin to change. For his abundant mercy and has begotten us According to what? A living hope. The hope that Christmas brings. It's living. Okay? It's not just hope. I hope something. No! This is a living, eternal hope for the believer. It's a living hope. God, through Christmas, the death and resurrection of our Lord Jesus Christ, have brought us who were without hope and without God in the world, to now where we not only have hope, we have a living hope. You ask, Pastor, do you really understand that? No. I don't know what that really means. But I know it's living and it's hope. I want it. Whatever it is in that living hope stuff, Give it to me. I don't have to understand it. He's living. Living is different from dying. So I want the living and I want hope also. So give it to me. I don't have to understand it. I don't have to understand it. I want it. Whatever it is, God give it to me. Baptize me with me. Baptize it with Baptize me with it and knock me over and God may I never recover. That abundant mercy. 
Amen. I want it. Do you want it? Okay. Let's go cry out to him. A living hope through the resurrection of Jesus from the dead. We can never be hopeless in this world. Can I hear an amen? amen. Don't say it like you really mean it. Can I hear an amen? amen? We can never be hopeless in this world. Amen. Not if you are a believer. You can't. <laughs> if you are hopeless, you must have listened to the enemy and asked for direction. And he told you go that way. For me, when he tells me go that way, I say, thank you, sir, Mr. Devil, and I go the other way. Not where he's asking me to go. Amen. We have been born into a living hope. When you are born into something, that's your inheritance, right? It's your inheritance. His mercy has begotten us again, born again, to that living hope. And if he's living, he's eternal. He can never die. Amen? And the Bible tells us in Romans 5 verse 5, now hope does not disappoint. You see that? Can you see that? A living hope that doesn't disappoint you. You can never be disappointed. Holding on to that living hope God is giving us. Amen? I'm going to hold on to it for dear life. It's not like struggling. Because I've been born into it. Amen? Can you understand? You were born into that living hope. That cannot disappoint. Why? Because the love of God. You see that? The love of God has been spread by God into our hearts. We have it. Jesus said in his prayer in John chapter 17, he said to his father, the love with which you love me, I want it to be in them. You can't say you can't love You're just making an excuse because you want to be nasty to somebody, unforgiving to somebody. If you have the same love with which God loved his son, you can love anything. (laughs) You can love anything. That's why you can pray for your enemies. Because you love them, even though they are your enemies. That's what Jesus has done for us. That's what Jesus has done for us. His hope does not disappoint because the love of God has been poured out. Listen, it's not that the love of God was just a little bit of it. Guess what? It was poured out. Like a deluge coming into your heart, poured out. Have you experienced hurricane rain that's a poor, he pours down, right? This has been poured. The love of God has been poured out into your heart. I have the love of God. Say it with me. 
I have the love of God. I can love everyone. You have the ability. God cannot be a liar. God speaks and his word is true. All we need to do is receive it. He says he was in the world. But the world did not. When he came to his home, his own did not receive him. What he did not receive? The word of God in human flesh. When you receive God's word, like it's written in the scripture, and you affirm, that's me. When you see yourself in a photograph and somebody asks you, who is that? Won't you say, that's me? Well, you're there in this photograph. In God's mind, that's you. And don't tell me, he just he looks like me. <laughs> it's you. And God has placed you there. Amen. God's placed you there. And don't diminish yourself. You insult him. When God says you are something and then you say you are not, that's an insult to him. You have to believe what he says to your life. And start accepting it. It may be difficult in the first place because of the human nature. But after a while, the Spirit of God begins to talk to you and expand on that word. And then before long, the way you see life is different. You're totally fearless. Fearless because God's with me. Of whom shall I be afraid? Totally fearless. No matter what comes to you, you're totally fearless. The end of it is death. And for the believer, that's promotion. But I'm not going anywhere. I've got a lot of work to do. I told Lord, I like glory, Lord. But right now, I still have some work to do. I don't want to stand behind Paul with his big crown that he's going to lay before Jesus. And I have my little crown <laughs> standing behind him for judgment. That's the way you just go and say, here's my crown. And walk away. <laughs> And walk away from your crown because uh, before Paul, I'm glad my name doesn't, it's not anywhere near to P. I might have some sorry crowns before my comes in. I know we're laughing, but this, this is real life. They're going to lay their crowns down for the king. Amen. Um, Let me give you a few what I found in the scriptures, and I'm going to go real quickly. The Christmas story, Luke one seventeen, it says he will also go before him in the spirit, speaking of of uh, John the Baptist, the power of Elijah. Guess what he does to say? What he's saying. To turn the hearts of the fathers to the children. To turn the hearts of the father to the children. May that be your portion if you are a father here today in Jesus' name. May God give you the turning of your 
heart, that's because of Jesus. He says, let the understand in your heart and turn and I shall heal them. So when God turns your heart as a father, parent, when God turns your heart to your children, he gives you wisdom, understanding for your kids. So you know how to pray for them so that they will, be, they will succeed. I'm surprised to see that this is a part of it. What has this got to do with salvation? But it's part of it. It turns the heart of the parent. You've seen parents that have abused their kids. It's very painful to, to watch. But God says, this is when Jesus comes, as he came, that will be the end of it. This is so important with regards to the family. You know why God's so concerned about children? And the marriage? Malachi 2.15 God was asking, he was angry with the men because they were treating their wives differently and acting bad. He says, but did he not make them one? Husband and wife, Having a remnant of the Spirit. So, this is like the Holy Spirit now. It's a relationship, one. And why one? What's the reason God wants them to be one? He seeks godly offspring. He seeks godly offspring. So, when Jesus came, he would turn the heart of the father told the children meaning to wipe everybody in the house why godly offspring God desires that goes back to the beginning God wanted the family he wants his family to be big and you are it he can use the people of the world he needs you turn your heart to your children pray for them as much as you can, so God can transform your life. That's why he came. Christmas. The hope Christmas brought to us. You have the ability. Notice, he's not saying that you will turn your heart. God will turn your heart. Can I hear an amen? God will turn your heart, if you're willing. God will make that happen. Luke 1, 71 through 75, that we should be saved from our enemies, all of them, and from the hands of all who hate us. Do you have people that hate you? They wish you bad? They're saying things about you? They, they, in their heart, they want bad things to happen to you because they make them feel good. Uh, God says you're going to do those things will not come to pass no weapon formed against us will prosper every tongue that rises up against us Bible says it must be coming down and God is giving us his word he'll condemn those things cannot happen he saved us from the hands of our enemies including the demons and all of them including Satan to perform again the mercy promised to our fathers. 
and to remember his holy covenant. The oath which he swore to our father Abraham. Listen. To grant us that we, being delivered from the hand of our enemies, might serve him without fear. Can you get it? Serve him through our lives without fear of anything. Without fear. How long? All the days of our lives. You see that? We should be afraid of nothing. If you can pray, you should be afraid of nothing. Because God has granted us, according to the scriptures, delivered us from the hands of the enemy, so the enemy is now powerless against our lives. He can only do to us what God has allowed him to do to test our faith to go to another level. That's it. That's it. To serve him without fear. Many times things come to us, it's like, Finances going down. What am I going to do? <laughs> Before long, you are in fear, and you are in anxiety. <laughs> and if it says, it says, "I'm very concerned." No, you're not. You are in anxiety. You're not concerned. You are afraid now. By the time the next big bill comes, oh God, without fear, how long? All the days of our lives. Because God will take care of you. There's a song that says, God will take care of you. Be not afraid. He shall save God. Through everything. He's there for you. Amen. We're delivered. We serve him without fear. In holiness and righteousness before him. All the days of our lives. Amen. And then you know the story. This is the one I like. My wife knows that. Uh, when uh, the angels appeared to the shepherds, they were just minding their own business, right? When the angels appeared, with <laughs> glory light, and said, oh my God, what's going on? I'm gonna die. Don't be afraid. Got good news for you. We shall be to what? All people. That's me. So all, all people. Peter didn't know that. Otherwise, he didn't accept it. He didn't understand it. Otherwise, he wouldn't have trouble going to Cornelius' home. Remember? Started saying, you know, I'm a Jew. I shouldn't be here. God says, just speak the word and shut up. Gave me opportunity to fill them with the Holy Spirit. Forget your Jewish stuff. But he didn't understand. It's for all people. Everyone. That's me. And then after the angel spoke, suddenly there were, I don't know how many, just all kinds of angels around them. And they were singing, not to us, Praising God. And the Bible tells us, Glory to God in the highest. What? Peace on earth. And what? Good will towards man. 
Don't you understand you have for your life from God a good will? You can't change it. That good will is forever. No matter what, did it say good will towards uh, the men that are doing right? Pastors, evangelists, good will towards men. Are you a human? Well, you got good will from God. <laughs> you know what a will is? You write it down, right? And it blesses those that take up their will, right? Well, God's will for your life is good. And if you deny it, you're lying to yourself. Or you've allowed the enemy to lie to you. That's what it is. There's this scripture that got my attention and I couldn't resist it. Luke 2, 32. A light to bring what? Revelation to the Gentiles. How many Gentiles do we have in here? Revelation. I saw that scripture. God, please. I'm a Gentile. Can I get some good revelation here? I need some revelation. God promised that. Jesus will be a light to bring revelation to the Gentiles. And glory... Of your people Israel. Glory to them. Revelation for me. Amen. Amen. So we're going to have revelation. Amen. You know. Finally. The greatest thing. Jesus did for us. Now man can live forever. It's simple. But we can live forever now. We can live forever now. To me, that's priceless. We were not supposed to live forever. We were supposed to die forever. In hell. But today, we all have that privilege to live forever. And Jesus spoke that to us in John 14, 1, 2, 3. He says, let not your heart be troubled. Why don't we listen to that? Let not your heart. So who is going to do the letting? God. That's us. So when your heart is troubled, guess what? You're outside his will. Kind of rough to say, but yes, you're outside his will. At least you're outside his wish. What he wanted. Let not your heart be troubled, he says. You believe in God, believe also in me. Speaking to the Jews. In my father's house, there are many mansions. If it were not so, I would have told you. I go and prepare a place for you. And if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come again and receive you to myself. That's where I am. There you may be also. Um, how long did it take God to create the world? Six days, right? According to scriptures. You know, Jesus has been building your mansion for all this time. 
I can't wait to see what that mansion looks like. It's going to be so glorious if God's going to take his pains to do that. All these years preparing for me, I am wonderful. Not kidding. <laughs> He's preparing all of that for me. I've got to be somebody. Amen. For me, God preparing mansions for me. I can live forever. So can you. If you believe. Jesus said all we need to do is believe. Amen. Now by your head. I'm going to speak to you today if you're here. And those of you watching via television or Facebook. All that I've been speaking this morning is for you. And God wants you to come back home if you don't know him. Some of you have received Christ as your Lord and Savior. But he is your Savior. But you have not really made him your Lord. You really need to dedicate your life to Christ today. So that he can save you. And give you hope. And bless your family from generation to generation. All I'm asking this morning is for you to receive Jesus as your Lord and Savior. Is anyone here or out there watching my television? Or via Facebook and you say to yourself, I need Jesus as my Lord and Savior. If that's you today, I ask you to pray with me and receive Jesus into your heart. He will make a whole lot of difference in your life and in your family and everyone around you by you doing this one thing that every man should do if you want to live in heaven. If you die today, would you go to heaven? If you're not sure of that, you need to pray with me and God will give you the confirmation in your heart that he is now your Lord and Savior. Would you pray with me today? Everybody join me. Pray. Repeat after me. Lord Jesus, thank you for dying on the cross for me. Lord Jesus, I ask you to forgive me all of my sins and to receive me as your child open my eyes to see my God in Jesus name Amen if you pray that prayer today Jesus is coming to your heart you are now a child of God you may feel something you may not feel anything but you are going to experience joy that changes your life and God's in your life today. But also I want to pray for you. If you're sick in the body. Those of us that are here. Or watching via Facebook. Or via television. If you're sick in your body. I ask you to place your hand. Wherever you're hurting. Would you do that? Place your hand wherever you're hurting. And I'm going to pray a prayer. It's the word of God that heals. No man can heal. He sent his word and healed them. I have confidence in the word of God 
that healed you this morning. If you will believe and receive. Place your hand, those watching by television and Facebook, place your hand where you're hurting. And I'm going to say a word of prayer. And I believe God will heal you. After prayer, do what you couldn't do before. And you will find out that God has healed you. Father God, in the name of Jesus, I ask for healing right now. For your people watching all over the world. I ask that you heal them now. Lord God, I see that person with the problems with the eyes. With the eyes, oh God, I pray that you heal those eyes right now. Take the glaucoma, whatever it is, out of that eye in the name of Jesus. Lord God, I see the person whose hand is giving um, trouble or hurt trouble. You know this person. I command that, that hand to be healed in the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. God, I see that man with severe stomach pain and vomiting and cannot stop right now. I ask that you heal that right now in the name of Jesus. I speak to that sickness and that disease. Get out of that body. That's the body of the the temple of God. Leave right now in Jesus' name. And I see that somebody that's having an issue of blood and I ask God to heal that right now and make it stop. In the name of Jesus. Father, we thank you. We give you praise today. We honor your name. We know that you are God. Your word cannot return to you void. You are not the son of man that should repent. If you've spoken, you'll make your word good. And I believe this morning that you've made your word good. And the evidence and the testimonies will come in by the power of your grace. In Jesus' name. If you're sick in the body, now is the time to do what you couldn't do before. And you will find there is a difference. Amen? Would you stand up? First of all, we're closing. But we need to give praise to him right now. Would you put your hands up? And just thank him. Listen, you got to thank him for the word that you've heard. Some of you received something because you heard something today. That's from God. That's not from pastor. Receive it and say, God, I thank you for this word. Whatever it is, everybody hears differently. Because the Holy Spirit is ministering to us differently. But take what you've heard today and say, God, I thank you for that word. That's for me. And God, this word is going to change my heart. Young people, do the same thing. Take God in, the word of God. That's what this church is all about, making disciples. And God's going to use you. I see some of our young people, they will be overseas, ministering to other young people, laying hands on them and getting them healed. They are excited getting healed, and our young people are excited as well because they can see God using them. Every one of us, God will use every one of us, not just the pastors, all of us. Amen. Thank you, Father. We thank you for your love and for your great kindness towards us. We love you with all of our heart. I pray for every member of our church, Lord God. I pray that no one will suffer want. 
Because your word says, You are our shepherd. We shall not know want. You have prepared a table for us in the presence of our enemies. Do that for your people today. I pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Would you put your hand together? Give him a clap. Thank you.